It's Thursday, September 24, 2009. Will Obama end fossil fuel subsidies? Will the Senate block clean air and climate funding? Plus, this week, the world is talking climate change. Make no mistake, this cannot solely be America's endeavor. Those who used to chastise America for acting alone in the world cannot now stand by and wait for America to solve the world's problems alone. All of that and much more straight ahead. Prepare for six minutes of Green News Radio. I'm Brad Friedman of bradblog.com. And I'm Desi Doyan. And this is your Green News Report. It's been a huge week, Desi, with the meeting at the UN on climate change, the G20 summit. Lots to talk about in the climate change world today. Yes, it is the biggest week ever in international climate negotiations. They've been underway all week, like you said. The highest level negotiations yet. First going on at the UN, now at the G20 meeting in Pittsburgh. That opens today. Now, in his first address ever to the UN General Assembly, yesterday President Obama outlined goals for peace, nuclear weapons, shared economic growth, and, of course, climate change. We must recognize that in the 21st century, there will be no peace unless we take responsibility for the preservation of our planet. The danger posed by climate change cannot be denied. Our responsibility to meet it must not be deferred. And that is why the days when America dragged its feet on this issue are over. Also in his speech, the president acknowledged that rich nations must take responsibility for the pollution of the 20th century, but stressed that developing nations must also participate in combating climate change. He talked about climate change two days in a row. We've never heard a climate change discussion like this on, on such a level, as yes, far as I Yes, environmental know. advocates were very pleased to hear him actually give what they called at grist.org his first climate speech ever because he actually <laughs> directly addressed it instead of addressing just clean energy. Now, both China and the U.S. are the world's two biggest emitters. They pledged to do more to fight climate change by reducing emissions, investing in clean energy, but both stopped short of naming specific mandatory numbers or goals, although China did announce voluntary goals that it will take to cut its own rate of growth in emissions, not emissions themselves. And the lack of hard targets is leaving some analysts pessimistic that any robust agreement will actually get signed at the final international climate negotiations in Copenhagen in December. We are moving, though, it seems, in the right direction. That's for sure a marked change from where we were certainly a year ago on this issue. Oh, yeah, the delicate dance of diplomacy is what they're calling it. The folks at Treehugger put it, between China and the U.S., both countries want the other to make cuts, but neither is yet willing to go first. We have more specifics on the initiatives presented at the summit at greennews.bradblog.com. Now, President Obama moves on today to the Group of 20 Summit, G20, in Pittsburgh, opening today in honor of the gathering, environmental activists from Greenpeace unfurled a banner from a central bridge in Pittsburgh with the slogan, Warning, Climate Destruction Ahead. A great banner. Really nice. And we have some pictures of that at our website as well. At today's summit, the president will propose an initiative for all governments to phase out fossil fuel subsidies and direct those funds instead to clean energy development. President Obama faces an equally difficult fight at home as clean energy and climate legislation is stalled in the Senate. Key Democratic senators have indicated they may put off the fight over the American Clean Energy and Security Act until next year, meaning the U.S. could show up to Copenhagen with no bargaining chip to push India or China to commit to specific mandatory cuts. Also, conservative senators from both parties are working to undermine Obama's clean energy and climate agenda at home. These aren't conservative senators, by the way, for my money. These are corporatized senators. Let's be clear about that. Alaskan Senator Lisa Murkowski, a Republican, has introduced an amendment this week to a huge spending bill that would strip the EPA of some of its 
power under the Clean Air Act to regulate various industries' greenhouse gas emissions, such as utilities. Republican Senator David Vitter of Louisiana has a bill to strip funding for regional climate change offices proposed by the Interior Department. And not to be outdone, Senator Tom Harkin, a Democrat, has a bill that would prevent the EPA from even looking at certain kinds of emissions from corn ethanol. Well, Senator Harkin from where? Iowa. Iowa. Lots of corn in Iowa. These senators, whether they're Republican or Democratic, uh, certainly have their own home state's interest in mind. But what they have in mind is the industry from their home state, whether it be coal, whether it be corn, uh, whether it be oil. And that seems to come first over the uh, over the planet overall. Is that a, is that a fair assessment? And is it right for these uh, senators to take that position? Well, obviously, they do have constituents that they are representing. It just depends on who has the most money, it often seems, to give them for their campaigns. Then that seems to be where they make their choices. One thing I'd like to point out is how this plays internationally. The European Union's ambassador to the U.S. said in a scathing letter this week that asking an international conference to sit around looking out the window for months while one chamber of the legislature of one country deals with its other business is simply not a realistic political well, position. Ouch. That's kind of embarrassing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, kind of. We'll leave you with a few quick words from 13-year-old Yagratna Srivastava of India, who was chosen to speak on behalf of the world's children at the UN's Climate Summit this week. You can learn more about that and all of our stories today at our website, greennews.bradblog.com. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyan. And this has been your Green News Report. The Himalayas are melting. The polar bears are dying. Two of every five people don't have access to clean drinking water. Is this what we are going to give to our future generations? Please, no.